What is faith? What is true faith? What does the Bible teach about that? And we have a summary of the Bible's teaching in the Heidelberg Catechism. And if you go in the back of your songbooks to page 875, page 875, we have seen that true faith is a sure knowledge that the whole Bible is true because it's God's word, but also a personal trust where I give myself over to the truth of the Bible, particularly to the God of the Bible for salvation in Christ. Sure knowledge, a wholehearted trust. So then 22, question 22, what then must a Christian believe? What does true faith believe? Can you believe anything you want? Or are there boundaries? All that is promised us in the gospel a summary of which is taught us in the articles of our Catholic and undoubted Christian faith. And these are the articles, the 12 articles of the Apostles' Creed. We've already confessed that together. Question 23, what are these articles? Then let's turn to 24. How are these articles divided? These 12 articles are divided into three parts. God the Father and our creation. God the Son and our deliverance. God the Holy Spirit and our sanctification. Since there's only one divine being, why do you speak of three? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Because that is how God has revealed himself in his word. These three distinct persons are one true eternal God. What must true faith believe. Then let's go to 1 Peter 1. Turn in your Bibles, congregation, to 1 Peter 1, page 1201, 1201, and we'll read verses 1 through 9. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood, May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials, 
So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you've not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. But in particular, believers are elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. This is the God true faith believes. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, we've already noted last week that faith is not a leap into the unknown. Hoping that somebody will catch you on the way down. Faith is not jumping into darkness, hoping that there's something you'll land on on the other side that's good. Faith is stepping into what you know, and you know it's good and secure because the Bible tells me so, and the Bible is utterly reliable. When you study it and test it with an open mind, it proves itself over and over to be true. Over against all the theories and myths promoted among men. Those theories and myths come from the corrupt minds of men while the Bible is the pure word of God. So you're stepping into the known that's taught you in the word of God, which is reliable what faith is but faith can be somewhat seem somewhat complicated what does true faith believe because you know the bible teaches so many things i have to believe them all yes faith accepts them all faith believes that god created the world in six days and rested on the seventh Faith believes that God made a covenant with Abraham. Faith believes that the Israelites crossed the Red Sea and later the Jordan River into the promised land. Faith believes that John the Baptist proclaimed the kingdom of God dressed in a coat of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and he ate wild honey. Faith believes the forgiveness of sins. But faith is like a house with many walls and windows, many studs, many beams, and it has a foundation, it has a bedrock, it has a bottom. What's the bottom? What's the bottom line? What's the bedrock of true faith? It's this. I believe in God. I believe in God. Yes, the one true God. 
the God of the Bible, but I believe in God and faith is jumping into his almighty arms for real safety, eternal security, and true significance and joy. That's what faith is. I believe in God jumping into his arms for true safety, eternal security, and real significance and joy. And only when you trust in him does life now make sense and is life meaningful. Because without faith in God, without faith in God as the bedrock beneath your feet, you're really building your life on the shifting sands of fallible human reasoning, reason and trending opinions and wishful thinking. You're really lost in the whirl of the world with nothing beneath your feet. That's the bedrock of faith. I believe in God. First, the God of the Bible. Not just any God. The God of the Bible. You see, many, when they say, I believe in God, or I believe that there is a God, don't mean the God of the Bible. They invent their own. I like to think of God as, and you fill in the blank. Well, what good is it to invent your own rock? I believe in a God and then discover that rock is actually a crocodile. And you thought you were stepping onto something solid and then the thing starts moving and it's going to devour you. Or the rock you thought you were going to stand on is actually a cloud and it can't hold you up. Or a spider's web. See, it doesn't do any good to say, I like to think of God this way. The question is, who is he? Faith believes in God. But the real one. Well, how can we know who's the real God? Like, is there a source book? Is there a textbook? Yes. Yes, the Bible, which is not written by man, but by God. It's not human opinion. But it's divine truth. Yes, he used human beings to write down the Bible through inspiration. But what they wrote was not human opinion and human reflection. But God's own word. But then you ask, well, how do you know? That the Bible is the source book for ultimate reality in the only true God. Well, like we said last week, you've got many external evidences from archaeology, science, psychology, manuscript studies that confirm the truth of the Bible, but the greatest evidence is inside the Bible. Just read it. Just study it with an open mind. And God will grab you by its truth. He'll save you from your sin. He'll change your life. He'll fill your deepest needs. He'll answer your deepest questions. He'll fill you with hope. God himself comes to you here. 
and fills your life. The Bible proves itself to be the word of God. Faith's bedrock, I believe in God. Which God? The one who wrote the Bible and tells you about himself. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to figure it out on your own. Come up with your own God made in your image. No, he made you in his image. And so you trust the God of the Bible, the God of the word. Embrace him. Bow down to him. Surrender your life to him. Hand your life over to him. And he will do amazing things. Wash away your sins through his son, Jesus Christ. Fill you with his Holy Spirit and make you new. And then give you an inheritance in glory so your life is headed somewhere good to God forever. And who's the God of the Bible? The one true God is three eternally distinct persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when you read Peter's greeting to the exiled Christians who've been scattered by persecution across the five Roman provinces of Asia Minor, Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, even though they're scattered, they're united by what? Faith in this God. The Father who elected them according to his foreknowledge. From eternity, he chose them. The Son who in time came and died for them. Sprinkled them with his blood so that they could live a life of obedience to God. And the Holy Spirit who gathered them, filled them, and now is purifying them and changing their lives. That's the God who came to them through the gospel. Who picked them up and saved them. And when he called, they threw their lives into his hands and said, save us, take us, make us your own. We want you. We no longer trust the idols of this world. We do not trust ourselves either. I believe in God. The Father who chose us for salvation, the Son who died for our salvation, the Holy Spirit who applies to us our salvation and gathers us unto God. And Peter says, though you've not seen him, you love him. You believe in him with inexpressible joy. And you know that he's guarding your salvation that's ready to be revealed the last time. That's the bedrock of the Christian faith. I believe in this God. And I love the ancient creed, the Apostles' Creed, which slowly developed from about the year 40 AD to about 500. And do you know what it was formed on? The baptismal command in the Great Commission. 
Go therefore, making disciples of all nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And I am with you always to the close of the age. What does it mean to be a Christian? What's to believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the name that we're baptized in, and the creed of who is the true God, who's the God we believe in, formed around the Great Commission, straight out of the Bible. That's the bedrock of faith. That's the bottom line. If you want to know, what must I believe? That's where you start. There's a lot of other things in the house of faith, but start at the floor or at the bedrock, the foundation. And it's not to say that that's all you have to believe and the rest of the house doesn't matter. We're not minimalists. Well, just believe the basics, throw the rest of the way if you want. No, we're foundationalists. Believe the foundation and then believe everything built on it, but start with the foundation. I believe in God. Second, the bedrock of faith is to believe in the God who rules over this world. I believe in God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And there's a temptation to disconnect that God from your life in this world. As we talked about this morning, compartmentalizing your God and putting him in a box separate from life. I don't know how he's related, but I know I got to believe in him. Now I'm going to go to work and God, uh, maybe we'll see you later. Maybe we won't. This is a God, the one true God who is directly connected to this world and your life in it in every part at every moment. I love the way the Bible starts. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He's not disconnected from this world. And he's not disconnected from your life. He undergirds it. He stands underneath it all. He's the precondition, you might say, for living. The prerequisite. Without him, you can't get up in the morning. Without him, you can't work, even if you don't know him. Even if you don't believe in him. He's essential to our existence. In him, we live and move and have our being, Paul said to the pagans. And faith is called to believe in this God who rules over the world and my life in it. And to worship him, because the greatest blasphemy is to breathe the breath that he gives you and the work, the work that he gives you with the strength that he gives you and to do as if he's a big zero, a nobody, that he doesn't matter, that he's a non-entity. That's the greatest blasphemy. And that's the story of the Bible. I love the way the creed follows the story of the Bible. The Apostles' Creed. The Bible starts in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth and everything in them. And then you realize it's the Father 
who planned it. It's through the word he created. Then God said, and John said, yeah, that was the word. That's Jesus creating the world in Genesis 1. And there's a spirit hovering over the face of the waters, forming it, developing it. And then it goes all the way to the end of the Bible, Revelation 21 and 22. There you have the Father, the Son, and the Spirit again, recreating it after we ruined it by sin. It came under a curse. God put it under a curse because of our sin. But in his love, he said, I'm going to renew it. I believe in God, creator, redeemer, restorer of the world and of our lives in it. And the creed sort of follows that same structure. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, Genesis 1. And then it ends with, I believe in the Holy Spirit, who will raise up our bodies and bring us to life everlasting, Revelation 21 and 22. The God we believe in is not shut out as an abstract theory somewhere way out there where we'll never need him or use him. Where he doesn't matter. He's not connected. No, he is intimately connected. And the great defender of the faith, Cornelius Ventil, says, I believe in God in the same way that I believe there are beams under the floorboards where I'm walking. I can't see the beams, but the floor is holding me up so I know there's something underneath. That's the way it is with our lives. I believe in God. Because as we walk upon this ground, there's something holding up the earth, something holding up our lives, something holding up the universe, someone. By his word, through his son and Holy Spirit. And then in the work of redemption, the same God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit goes to work again to give us a new heavens and a new earth. The Father says to his Son, I so love the world that I'm going to send you so the world may not perish but have everlasting life. And Jesus dies to reverse the curse, not only so that all God's elect might be saved, but so that a new world might be given to them. And that's what the Holy Spirit is creating. I can't live, I can't breathe, I can't walk, I can't do anything, I can't even make sense of anything apart from the powerful existence and presence of the one true God who made heaven and earth and everything in them and so rules them that nothing can happen apart from his will. Yes, even the hairs on my head are all numbered. I believe in God who made the world, redeemed the world, and one day will bring us to a new world. He is directly connected to our lives. And I can hear that in 1 Peter 1, where these believers who are saying, I believe in God, have been rescued from a world lost in sin, and now they can't wait for the new world to come, the inheritance that will never perish, spoil, or fade away, waiting for the outcome of their faith, the salvation of their souls. And it all hangs on that bedrock, the God of the Bible, the Father of who chose them according to his foreknowledge, the spirit who gathered them through his sanctifying power for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling with his blood. 
connected to this world and our lives in it. So brothers and sisters, faith means every day thanking him for your breath, your life, your breakfast, your coffee, your work, your strength, your health, his help in sickness, stability of mind, help in depression, hope for the life to come, every day thanking him, asking him for his help, resting in this one true God all day long, every day. That's the life of faith. And thirdly, the bedrock of faith is to believe in the God of the Bible who rules over this world, made it, and is recreating it through his Son and Spirit as the God who works for us. The God who works. Faith rests not in the works of man, but in the works of God. Again, from Genesis 1 verse 1, where he created the heavens and the earth, to Revelation 21 and 22, where God makes a new heaven and a new earth. The story is, the Bible is what? The story of the great deeds of our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The magnificent deeds of God in creation and salvation. Faith believes in the God who works, the living God. Not idle gods that cannot work. They cannot lift a finger for you. But the living God who works, the Father's work, the Son's work, and the Spirit's work. That's another thing I love about that ancient creed, the Apostles' Creed, which isn't the Bible, but a summary of the Bible. You know, it doesn't say anything about our work, not at all. Not one thing. It doesn't say anything about our work. It just talks about God and His works. Listen. I believe in God the Father, almighty. He created the heavens and the earth. And I believe in Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate. He was crucified. He died. He was buried. He descended into hell. The third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven. He sits at the right hand of God, ruling and reigning over the world. And he will come one day one day to judge the living and the dead, the work of Jesus. And then the third part, I believe in the Holy Spirit. He's the one building a holy universal church, gathering together a communion of saints, applying the forgiveness of sins that Jesus accomplished on the cross. One day it's his breath, the spirit of life is gonna raise our mortal bodies from the tomb and transfigure our bodies of those who are still living as believers and will want and bring us into the life everlasting. The whole thing, I believe in the God who works for me, for us. It simply is not believing in ourselves and our own works. All things are from him and through him and unto him. To him be the glory forever. That's what faith is. Reaching out to this one true God and calling upon him. 
to work in us, work for us. Save us, forgive us, make us righteous, help us, change us, carry us, keep us to the end and bring us to glory. In that sense, the creed really so beautifully summarizes the message of the Bible, God and his works. And there's only one thing we do in the creed, I believe, I believe, I believe. And that's what the Bible calls us to do. There is a God. He's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He has done marvelous deeds for your salvation. Believe, believe, believe. Now, the Bible speaks about our works too. But its point is don't rest in them. Faith is not resting in your own works. It's resting in God. And when you rest in him, he will give you good works to do. But you don't rest in them. You don't believe in yourself. You don't believe in your works. I want to end with two stories. Maybe you know the famous theologian and writer, J.I. Packer. Wrote the famous book in 1973, Knowing God. I highly recommend it, Knowing God. He died recently in his mid-90s. He tells the story of his conversion to Christ in these terms. He grew up as a nominal Christian in a nominal home. Christian in name only. But he and his family had no living faith in God. In his mind, yeah, there's a God, but this God doesn't do anything. This God doesn't matter. This God is just a a cold concept, a distant deity. And religion for Packer was just about man's work. Doing a bunch of religious duty, living a decent moral life there. That's religion. He said, I simply did not trust in God. God was functionally dead to me. He was irrelevant. I trusted in myself, my own good manners, my own honesty. But he says, my conversion was simply believing what the creed says about the Bible. The Bible's God. I had to rest in a God, the living God who worked for me. The Father who chose me and takes care of me. The Son who came to earth to die for me and rise for me. The spirit who came into my life and caused me to be born again and then filled me and changed me and kept me in the faith. It really is that simple. Unbelief is believing in yourself or in human works. Faith is giving up on yourself and your own works and resting in the God who works, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I believe in God. I believe in God. That's what that means. Now, how easy it is to get away from this bedrock faith. This bedrock faith in God and going back to a faith in man where God is marginalized and man is put at the center of his own universe. I have a very sad story that I want to tell you. Last week, one of our sons and his wife visited England. 
And on the Lord's Day, they went to the service at Westminster Abbey where that great assembly, Westminster Assembly was held. And Westminster Confession of Faith and Catechisms was written, which was such a belief in the gospel and the God of the gospel in the 1600s. But they went there in 2022. And the pastor there preached the gospel of climate action. Climate action. And if we all do our part to reduce emissions, and if we all do our part to take care of the earth, we can create a new heavens and a new earth. We can save the world. It's your job and mine. We can all do it. It was utterly godless and gospelless. And that's the false gospel that is overtaking the Western world, especially. Salvation through man's work of climate change. And I'm not talking at all about the fact that there are responsible actions that we should take to take care of God's good green earth. But salvation through our own works? Rubbish. On the face of it, it's rubbish. And true faith is an utter contrast to this nonsense and completely opposed to this. I believe in God. Here's the bedrock. Not in man, not in eternal matter, not in earth's power to evolve into a utopia, not in the power of the globalist elite to fix the world's problems. No, I believe in God. The one true God, the Father and his work, the Son and his work, the Holy Spirit and his work. Do you? Do you? You trust in him to save you, Trust his love to carry you. Trust his son to wash away your sins. Trust his Holy Spirit to give you faith and strengthen your faith in all your weaknesses. You trust that this God is so good at what he does and so faithful that when you rest in him, In spite of all your weaknesses, he will take you all the way to glory. He is faithful, and your salvation rests totally on his work for you, the Father's work for you, the Son's work for you, the Spirit's work for you. And therefore, you're secure in him, secure, utterly secure. Faith believes in God. That's the bedrock. God's the bottom line. Everything is built on him. The whole creation is and our whole salvation and the new creation. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for revealing yourself, the one true God to us, in your word, through your son and by the Spirit's inspiration. Thank you for giving the straight goods to us in the Bible so we may know absolute truth, the one true God, 
and we may rest in you and in your works for our salvation. There's so much, Lord, in this world to attack that faith. So we would no longer rest in you, but in ourselves. So that you would become a distant deity and we would become the center. Lord, take that unbelief away from us. Keep bringing us back to the bedrock of our faith. The one true God. You are he. We praise you through Jesus. Amen.